0: Good evening and welcome to our Wednesday, is this Wednesday? This is Wednesday, Wednesday night show tonight. Brandon Hevril is with me tonight. We're going to talk about moving from a DJ business and doing the DJ thing to expanding the horizons and doing different things. Which in this case is more than just production like the little uh, title says. So we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Brandon tonight. right, we are back with tonight's show. We want to thank you guys for watching out there on Facebook and YouTube. Tonight, we're going to be talking about becoming, I I should have, Brandon, I should have named this something like, you know, being more than a DJ, because you have, over the last couple of years, really diversified your business.
1: The last year, really, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just, I mean, when we talked, it would have been, I think our first time that you were on a show would have been sometime in like mid-2017, somewhere in that ballpark
1: sounds about right and at
0: that time you know i was kind of following some of the things you were doing and you had the dj side of it and you were starting to kind of branch into the photo uh getting into the photo booth today you know just before we came on you were talking about the variety of different things that you have kind of branched out into for those who don't follow you online kind of give give us a little bit of a a timeline of how you you've evolved your business over the last few years
1: yeah. So, I mean, I only started my company in 2016. I've been DJing since 2013-ish around there. Um, and then I would say I started to take it seriously in like 2015. Um, and at that point, I was like halfway through high school. So I still had, uh, you know, school to, to focus on. Um, and I still do. I'm in college now, um, but I'll actually be done after next semester. And then after that, I think I'll be able to put even more time into the business, which is what I really want to do. Um, but they on the company in 2016 as uh, Red Max entertainment and it was just an entertainment company. Um, my goal was just to really DJ. Um, I was doing friends parties, families parties, uh, stuff like that. And that kind of took off. And then I was doing, uh, I was starting to get some calls from friends of friends and friends of family and stuff like that. And, um, you guys all know from being in the DJ industry that this business is like 90% referrals. It's a lot of referrals. It's a lot of, you know, Hey, I got your name from so-and-so I got your name from so-and-so, or Hey, I was at an event that you did, um, that kind of thing. So that kind of took off. Um, I was doing more and more DJ jobs. Um, and then photo boosts came along. Um, I had kind of seen them in the groups and the Facebook groups and stuff as I started to join that. Um, and I actually only started photo booths because my sister was getting married and this was last August now. Okay. Um, and she was getting married. She wanted a photo booth, but she really wanted to put the money into uh, a band. So she ended up having, I think, like a nine or ten piece band oh at her wedding um, instead of a DJ. So she wanted to put the money into that, and that's several thousand dollars for you know a decent band where we are here, um, upstate New York. So. She wanted to put the money towards the band, not the photo booth. And I was like, let me see what I could do. You know, we, we were looking at it and she was Googling, you know, DIY photo booths and stuff, just yep. like I'm sure a lot of brides do and we hate it, you know, but she was doing it because that's what she that's was what you doing, do. you know? Yep. And, um, so she was kind of looking around and she had found ipad apps that you could run off a of photo booth and this was before ipad photo booth existed this was before this was when everyone in the facebook uh photo booth community was saying you know you can't do a photo booth with an ipad and mm-hmm. you know it has to be a dslr with this and it has to be a big enclosed booth and everything like that um so this was like the very beginnings of ipad photo booths and i was like let me look into that you know so i looked at like simple booth and it was like 80 bucks and i was like 80 bucks that's that's a lot at the time you know mm-hmm. and yes. um i kind of Gave into that and I was like, let me buy the software. We'll do it with an iPad. I'll, I'll buy like a, I'll use a photo tripod and get a little mount for the iPad on top. And um, I kind of went from there and ended up doing it for her wedding and, you know, getting two bookings from that. And then I brought it to my school at one point to kind of try it out before the wedding. And a whole bunch of people there were like, hey, we want to book this for this and book this for that kind of thing. And I was like, all right, I guess people you know, want, like this and want to use it. And they really liked the iPad kind of thing. So it grew from there. And now I have um, you know, the newest, the iPad Pros, the bigger screens, the higher-res camera, um, better software, professional photo printers and stuff. That all kind of came with it. But um, that's kind of how I got dragged into the photo booth side of things. And um, after seeing that, Seeing how much more business that brought me than just offering DJs, um, I kind of was curious as to what else I can offer and seeing what else I could offer. Um, and this whole time, from when I started in, you know, t- probably 2014, 2015 ish, um, I started working for a local production company called Viper Studios, um, which does like the Saks Fifth Ave window unveiling. So if you guys follow me on Facebook, you probably saw that. That was with them, um, they do that every year. Um, they do some other, uh, they used to work with like Bloomingdale's and stuff like that. Um, so they do some of that larger pro audio production, um, AV stuff like that. Uh, so I was kind of working with them and I get a lot of enjoyment out of doing that, doing live sound for bands, um, doing that kind of thing over the DJing thing, um, which I've kind of grown now. I don't really personally DJ as much. I still offer DJs, but, um, I'm usually MCing or I'm playing percussion, or uh, running the lights or, you know, doing more of like the production end of uh, the event. Um, So I've kind of been working for them. I've been working with a few other local production companies and stuff. So I've always kind of been seeing all the other opportunities um, that there are to make money essentially. That's why we're all in business. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at today. Um, And that's why I'm where I'm at today is because of, you know, working with all those companies and, um, also working on my own thing at the same time and kind of, you know, seeing the best of both worlds and, and seeing what's out there and all the opportunities. Um, so that kind of brings me to today. And then from there, really what has gotten me to offer the variety that I offer is just kind of risking it and going out and buying, you know, certain pieces of gear. Um, again, for those of you who follow me on Facebook or Instagram, um, or follow my company, you've probably seen like the led dance stages that I have, yes, Yep. um, that has been that that has like taken off um those have paid for themselves probably you know 10 or 11 times now um just from making the purchase of them um they're not cheap i mean they're not as expensive as you might think like each cube is whatever it is like 250 dollars or something like that but you know you multiply that by like the 20 something cubes i have it's, it's a lot of money um but it's paid for itself you know um so things like that. Um, those stages I've made into led bars yep. I rent out for parties. I was just telling him before I have one going out Saturday. Um, and then I'm going to do a wedding. So I got to drop the bar off in the morning, go do the wedding, go back, pick it up Sunday morning. It's an extra couple hundred bucks in my pocket. Um, and that kind of stuff is more decor, um, which I guess falls under the production you know, yep. category. Um, because it is more than just DJing but it's not so much the, the live sound, um, or pro AV kind of production. Um, so there's a big umbrella that everything kind of falls under. Um, so that's kind of, uh, that's kind of the story and the timeline.
0: Sure. Did, as you've been doing more of these things and adding them to your business, is it is I'm trying to put the, the heart, the, the horse or the cart first type of a situation, was it one of those things that you had open dates and you could see the need for these things? Or was it something that uh, that you were more passionate about doing? You see, you see these different options out there, and you're like, hey, I really want to get into this. This is cool, and this gets me excited, more so than maybe even the DJ side of it. What, which kind of drove you to these different directions?
1: It was more so that, kind of seeing the opportunities and, um, like you said, kind of getting excited by the opportunities okay. and seeing what else is out there and seeing um, what else can be offered um i've always kind of loved djing because that's how i started um it's always fun to dj everyone wants to be a dj you know um but there's a lot more out there that you could do um, that in my opinion is a lot more interesting um a lot of the production jobs and just jobs in general that i'm doing now even some of the dj ones um require some sort of production with them and i'm doing different setups i'm doing different using different equipment um you know, every weekend, every night of the weekend, I'm, I'm working with a different setup. Um, so it makes it more interesting. Um, there's a lot more stress, a lot more on your plate to figure out. There's a lot more moving components and yeah. things you got to make sure, um, you know, are lined up right. Especially if you're doing a larger production and you've got, you know, a lot more staff on your hands that you're using to help you out with the job. Um, if you got to rent equipment, if you got to bring in other companies to, you know, cover certain aspects of the event. So there's definitely a lot more involved. Um, But in the end, it's very rewarding to me. Um, You know, walking away from a production job. uh, If you guys follow me, I did a color run in October, which was a big one. We did it last year um, and we got them to grow their, uh, grow their budget this year. um, And we did some custom branding on a big truss arch, uh, like finish line. And then we vinyl wrapped the photo booth. We had the DJ, we had TVs, we had zap shots, we had a drone photographer. Um, So, There's a lot of cool stuff, a lot of moving parts and stuff, but walking away from that event and seeing all the pictures and and posting that up online kind of thing is very rewarding to me Um, more so than it is for me to post a picture and say, Hey, I DJ, you know, (laughs) Katie's birthday this weekend, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm, so um, that's kind of what has, I guess, sparked my interest more so uh, into going into the production side of things and offering more than just, just DJs.
0: Before we jump into some of the, the production side, what have you, you mentioned, of course, you've been doing more percussion. I've seen some uh, little video clips that you've put up there where you, you've you been uh, accompanying the music and such as you know the DJ spinning and you're doing a the production element to that. I have never hired that or, or have been involved with that. So kind of for someone who's never, never done that side of it, kind of walk through what's involved with that. Because it looks like it would be kind of a fun gig to do, truthfully, as someone who used to play drums. <laughs>
1: It, it is a lot of fun. So I've been playing drums since I was like six or four. I can't remember when I got my first drum set. But um, I've been playing drum set for a while. I played drums all throughout school. Uh, I played in the high school marching band and stuff. So drums have like always been with me. I've always been around drums. Yeah. Um, I always got a lot of enjoyment out of them. But then the DJing came in and as I got older, just as anyone would, I think you kind of realize that or, you know, no offense mm-hmm. to musicians and stuff, but I just didn't see a career path in, you know, playing drums per se, um, unless I was making it big and going on tour kind of thing. Um, so I wanted to, you know, branch off and do the DJ thing and, you know, focus on what I wanted to do as a career. Um, so I kind of put the drums to the side. They've been stacked up in my basement. This is actually one of my drum sets here. <laughs> That's a Christmas tree. Um <laughs> Oh, but okay yeah, yeah so it's a it's a drum set stacked up and nice garland and ornaments and stuff that's but that's funny my drum sets haven't been set up here for a while um because i've been really focusing on the dj thing um but in our market here it is very common or was common when i first saw it um to have a percussionist along with the dj so i kind of saw that and i was like hey i've been playing drums for a while why don't i buy the percussion i need because it's a little bit different than playing a drum set you know you need bongos and congas and cowbells cuz it's more of a standing percussion thing. Mm-hmm. Um so I kind of was like, you know, why don't I put, you know, a couple hundred bucks into this, buy the equipment I need for this and see if it, you know, takes off. I'll do one or two events and kind of see if that works. Um same thing I've done with the stages and stuff like that. A very sure. similar, you know, kind of spark of interest. So that's kind of the deal behind that. The way I always explain it to people is a lot of people now here in our market are hiring bands more than DJs or they want to hire a band more than a DJ. Um, but there's some songs that the band can't play. Um, and at the same time, you don't get the same live element that you do from a band that you do from a dJ uh, standing behind a dj booth, you know, even if you have an MC out you know dancing with the the crowd interacting, it's still not the same element of having live musicians performing there. So this is kind of the way to bridge the two gaps. and um, that's kind of the way I explain it to everyone who's like percussion with a DJ. What is that? Like, how does that work kind of thing? Um, so basically I set up my percussion kit um, as do a lot of other percussionists here, um, on the Island. They set it out in front of the DJ booth. Um, and we basically are just jamming and improvising along to the music that the DJ is playing. Um, so I've worked with a lot of different DJs. I've worked with DJs that don't beat mix, and it's just kind of a fade out of one song, fade into the next song. Those are the harder DJs to work with, um, playing percussion, mm-hmm. because none of the DJs I work with have set you know sets like a band would. Sure. We don't know what's coming next. We're just kind of you know Reacting. listening in. Yep. Um, so some of my favorite DJs to work with are the ones that you know beat match and give me a lot of time of the transition of the song, so I'll hear the next song coming in. Um, and I kind of being a DJ for a while, I know what a lot of the songs sound like. So usually as soon as that first or second beat comes in and they kind of bring up the volume a little bit, I could hear it, know what song's coming in and it makes the transition a little easier, um, for me, but that's basically what we're doing is just kind of improvising along with the DJ, which is a fun, you know, fun aspect. It pays here. It pays just as much as it would to be a DJ for another company, um, kind of like a whatever you want to call it, independent contractor kind of thing. Um, It pays about the same, maybe a little more, depending on the the gig or how long it is. Um, And it's a lot of downtime. You're not like the DJ, you're not playing four hours straight. Um, You're going to have downtime during dinner. You're going to have downtime during the slow dances. um, So there's a lot of stuff you don't play. Um, So in a sense, if you love drumming, um, it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun, easy way to, to make some money. So
0: that's 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 interesting. Again, I've, it's not something we have had here in the Upper Midwest. I have seen guys doing it at uh, when we've been to different DJ conventions. So I saw your pictures and video on that, and it's like, oh, that looks like that would be a real uh, kind of a fun thing to do. So
1: excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've gotten a lot of uh, people who say that, like, I've been playing drums for a while. I want to try that, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, I've seen some spinoffs too from upstate. I've seen some guys in the groups post pictures too, where they have like full drum sets to next to the DJ booth. Um, and I've actually like, I've been playing percussion for a while. I've never seen a drum set with a DJ. So I'm kind of curious as to what that's about, what it sounds like kind of thing. Um, but if you guys are interested to kind of see what it sounds like, um, I have an Instagram page and a Facebook page just for my percussion. So hmm. if you just search Brandon's event percussion, um, it's just filled with videos and pictures of, uh, me playing along with other DJ companies and stuff. Hmm. Um, so it's cool if you check it out and see what it sounds like, see what it's like. There's definitely a, a cool live element.
0: So after you did your initial investment of buying some gear, that would be, uh, that would allow you to be that stand-up percussionist. Have you had to upgrade or buy additional gear, or are you still able to function with the initial purchase type items?
1: I'm still able to function. So I went out, just as a DJ might when he's first getting started and get like a lower end model of speakers uh, or a lower end model of mixer, he'll always be able to DJ a party with that equipment. Um, But you kind of want to upgrade and get the new stuff. Um, As you learn more, you want to get stuff with more features, um, stuff like that. You want to get better sounding speakers as you do events for, you know, bigger crowds and bigger audiences and stuff. So it's just kind of like that. Um, But I still use the same, uh, percussion, the same drum shells and stuff. Um, eventually I do want to upgrade them to kind of a better quality one. Um, they're starting to get beat up and stuff. Um, but they're very, uh, you know, they're, they're drums like this drum kit here is I've had since I was six. So <laughs> they last a while. Um, yeah. the only real thing you have to replace is the drum heads, um, which are like, you know, 10 bucks each, 20 bucks each. So occasionally I'll break those. Um, and then I'll break sticks all the time. Yeah, yeah.
0: you got to replace
1: drumsticks, but that, uh, that comes with it. That's like saying you got to replace a roll of gaff tape as a DJ. So that's, um, that's kind of that. But other than that, I still have the same equipment. I've added a few cowbells here and there just to kind of get unique sounds and Mm -hmm. and try something different. But other than that, it's the same basic, uh, equipment.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So Let's let's bridge talking equipment let's bridge into some of the, the production things now. So you've been doing more things. You've mentioned, of course, your led, uh, stage platforms and multipurposing multi-purposing those, um, gear purchases as you've gone into these other areas and diversified, how have you handled buying this gear? Because some of it's, you know, a huge, a huge investment without really knowing for surely if you can cover that cost.
1: Right. So the one thing I've been doing now, um, Kind of growing in the market, still being young, not having a lot of um, you know money saved up per se yeah. to to just spend. You know, some of these guys that might jump into this later on in their life might have a bunch of money saved up from their nine to five job for a while, and they're like, "Hey, I'm going to throw this into this business and see you know what works." Kind of thing. Um, what I've been buying, like with the stages, um, those stages came to Long Island. The company that designed them, I think, is from Long Island. Um, They came out with those maybe two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So they've kind of played their, you know, played their part on the island. People know about them. People have seen them. So it's not like I pioneered or came up with this idea. I'm not the only company in my area with these stages. Um, A lot of people have them. Um, So with that, I knew it would be something that if it didn't work out or I wasn't able to sell them or I didn't have enough or whatever, I could always kind of turn around and sell them to those people be like, Hey, I just want to buy six more stages. I don't use them kind of thing. Um, and kind of at least get my money back for them. So with the stages, that was kind of the thing. I wasn't trying to pioneer something. Um, I wasn't really throwing out thousands of dollars just to see if it might work. Um, I was kind of more seeing if I would be able to sell it, um, kind Mm -hmm. of thing versus I know other people can sell it. Um, and I wasn't really expecting to be able to sell it or to sell it in general, as much as I have, um, so both to my own clients, but I also sell it wholesale. Um, as do most of my equipment. I rent out and do wholesale. So like the stages, I won't rent out and let somebody come pick up just because of the setup involved and the liability, and then you know just that breaking in general. Um, yeah. So that's something you know I require that I come and set it up and deliver it, or one of my guys do. Um, but with that said, I do it wholesale. So if I normally charge a client five fifty for five stages or whatever. Um, you know, I'll, I might do it for three fifty for other DJ companies in the area who don't want to go buy it or don't want to go invest in it. Um, so then, you know, they'll hire me to do it. They could turn around and charge five They're making 200 on it. I'm making the money I need to make on it. I'm keeping my guys busy and, um, all is all as well.
0: So the, that concept, I think is something that DJs in some markets, they do that very, very well in some markets. They don't do that whatsoever. Um, but the idea for those who are have thought about that is, uh, in the the business world, when it comes to subcontracting and things, that twenty percent number is kind of the idea. So, in case of um, let's we're going to use just really simple numbers. Say Brandon would typically charge a thousand dollars for whatever this dance floor system is. That the person who would book it, the that Brandon subcontracting is going to be paying Brandon eight hundred for it. They charge a thousand, they make their twenty percent type of thing, and everyone's everyone's happy. So when I mean, you guys are like, how do you price that? That's a common approach. Now, how Brandon does it and, and such. Your 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 numbers are bigger than, or you have a better, uh, in your example that you just gave us, a, a better uh, rate and such. But it's right. It varies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it varies. You can't
1: always go just by percentage. Uh, what I usually tell the guys, my wholesale pricing is usually about like what you said, so that it's made so that they can charge about twenty percent on top of it, and they'll be right around where the industry standard is for it. Um, just because if I charge, you know a thousand dollars for that same thousand dollar service and then they add 20 percent. they're never going to be able to sell it to their clients because the clients can just come straight to me for a thousand kind of thing um so that that concept like you were saying though in some markets isn't totally there some it is and um it's more so at least where i am on long island i found that more so common in the production side of things than the dj side yeah um DJs usually like to, you know, if they book TVs on a job, they usually like to go buy the TVs and hold them and come set them up themselves, then have another company come in and set them up and then leave and come back for whatever reason that is, Um, you know. And when I do stuff um, wholesale, I try and like white label it as much as I can, you know, have my guys go in with plain t-shirts, not my company t-shirts and, you know, pull up in a truck that's not company branded kind of thing. Um, you know, there's some things we can't help though. Like our road cases, they all have our logos on them and our phone number, but you know, that's what it is. It is what it is. And, um, we have some guys that hire us event after event wholesale and, uh, they don't mind that stuff. Um, you know, that doesn't bother them. Their clients know it kind of thing, but in the production side of things, the, the production companies I've worked with and for, um, they're all for, you know, working together. There's plenty of work to go around. Um, I did a big CMX cinemas grand opening event in New York city um, that another company, local company called Deco. um, They hired my company to come in and do this EDM light show. We brought in like 10 moving heads and stuff um, for this grand opening on their EDM floor and that company Deco that got the contract, basically, you know, they got paid the full amount and then they subbed it out to, Mm -hmm. to other companies to handle all the different aspects. Um, that was a big event. It happened on like four floors. There's a lot of moving parts and uh, I don't blame them. I mean, if I had that event come to me, I would have to sub stuff out too. I just can't handle all of that, you know, all the time. So the wholesale kind of thing is what I found here is more popular amongst those bigger production companies to kind of be cool with another company rolling up and another company sharing it and advertising it kind of thing. And just all working together. Everyone has something unique, and you know something that they offer that the other company doesn't. So,
0: and I think that's a, a very good relationship you're able to build with that, as opposed to a typical DJ thinking is that oh I need mo- I need monitors. I'm going to go buy I go run to Walmart and buy four fifty inch monitors, then I buy the stands for it and do that, and then I I use them on two gigs, and then they sit. Right. Whereas in your case, you're able to uh, diversify your portfolio and work with other companies. You have the things they're paying for themselves with what you're doing. Yeah, it may not be under your banner, but let's face it, money's money. And
1: Right. You know, that's the thing. And I I recognize that like what I always tell people is, you know, like this is what I want to do full time. As soon as I'm out of college, you know, I'm gonna put the car in drive and drive and really push stuff more than I've already been pushing it. But um, I wanna do this full time. There are a lot of people here that do this full time and there are a lot of people here that just do it on the weekends. And, um, I think everyone deserves their cut of the pie. Um, and the way I see it is it's not worth burning any bridges. Um, the more relationships with companies you can build, whether they're an awful company and you don't like their product or they're an awesome company and they have tons of stuff that you could see yourself renting or wholesaling out or whatever. Um, it's always worth making that relationship and just being friends with everybody kind of thing. Mm And, um, that's the way I kind of am, uh, now. And that's the way I see it benefiting me in the future down the road. If I'm ever in a pinch, I can call any one of these companies and be like, Hey guys, it's Brandon from Red Max entertainment. You know, I'm in a pinch. I need three more cocktail tables, or I had a DJ back out for tonight. Can you have anybody available or anything like that? And, um, I'm pretty confident that 98% of them would be willing to, you know, jump in and help. And likewise, if any of them need something for me, whether they've, you know, underbid me on a client or not, you know, I'm going to help them out. That's just who I am. Um, But that's the best way. There's a lot of money for everyone. And there's some stuff with other companies too where I could easily go out and buy the thing myself um, and then just own it. Or I could just go to this company and wholesale it through them and let them stay busy, let them keep their guys busy, let them make a little bit of money. I could still make money on it and everybody's happy. And I'm not worrying about something that maybe I've never done before. Um, or worrying about, you know, Hey, do I have everything I need to make this happen? You know, Mm -hmm. like they do it every weekend. Let me just let them do it. You know? So that's the way I see it. It's definitely good to, to just network and, and have relationships
0: these relationships that you built, how many mid during the week type events have you been able to pick up because i've noticed you've there been nights where you're like gone during the week doing things with this yeah
1: stuff. yeah that happened a lot uh i know months back to previously too where um you know just with with weeknight shows and for those of you who have followed me on youtube i don't think i've posted a video since like july <laughs> or june uh, and i apologize for that i'm gonna be back right after the holidays Um, so happy holidays, everybody, but I'll be back right after, um, the new year. I promise things are starting to slow down a little bit until probably May (laughs) and then they'll pick back up. But, um, I've gotten a lot of weeknight stuff, um, from both other companies and my own stuff. Um, some holiday parties I've gotten, um, are wholesale in a sense. Um, some of the bigger wholesale contracts I've had are actually for DJs that, all they do is DJ and they don't own any equipment besides okay. their mixer. Um, whether they just DJ clubs and they don't need to own anything else, or um, there's one guy in particular that I work with that doesn't really do that. He does DJ you know, parties, um, but he doesn't really push it. He just owns his controller. And every time he books a party, he hires a company to come provide everything.
0: And does that, yeah.
1: um, So he does a big corporate event uh, in the city holiday party every year. And, uh, he hires a company to come in. So this year he hired me, um, cause he used me for a wedding too. He wants to use me next year and, you know, all the events in between. And, um, he basically hired me to come in and provide the full sound system, the lights, the front board, everything else, uh, the video, the TVs, everything except for the DJ himself, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, he just kind of did the show and I have my guys, we just hung out, we got free food, you know, whatever. And that was one of you know the largest wholesale contracts I've done so far for another company kind of thing. Um, but I've had a few of those, um, holiday parties, not so much, but in the summer and stuff too, I get a lot more, um, rentals that take up my weekday, uh, or my weekdays, uh, like the led bars and stuff, um, furniture. I've got like the cocktail tables, yeah, um, yep, so any lounge decor, stuff like that. Um, a lot of that stuff would just classify more as like rentals. Um, almost, you know, not so much as like a tent rental company, but similar to a tent rental company in that they don't really work on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're usually off, um, you know, maybe Friday, but Saturday and Sunday, the tent company rental people are usually off. They usually work Monday through Friday, Mm -hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're picking up rentals and then. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday—they're dropping off rentals for the next weekend. Um, so they usually drop it off. If you if you guys have ever rented a tent for you know party, you know how that works. They come drop it off during the week, they leave it with you for the whole weekend, and then they come back and pick it up the next week. So, um, like the LED bars and and that rental stuff that I've been doing, where I kind of deliver it and set it up, um, is nice because I get to schedule it whenever I want, which I usually schedule on the weekends because my I mean during the weekdays, sorry, because my weekends are usually filled up with events and. Um, anytime that's not filled with events, I want to spend with family and, and be home and relaxing yep, kind of thing. You can, yeah. Um, so that's kind of been the most, um, you know, weekday work is those, those rental things. But I do get a handful of holiday parties. Um, I had a handful this year that were under my own company name, just DJs and photo boosts and stuff, um, as well that were weekday events. Um, so that's cool. It's good. Cause it keeps you busy, uh, during the week and with a lot of the production stuff, um, I'm noticing more and more as I get larger production jobs and stuff, there's a lot of backend stuff uh, and preparation that will take up your week and quickly fill up your calendar Very during the quickly, week. Yeah. Um, not all sitting at a desk doing paperwork, uh, although that is a big handful of it um, just answering emails and stuff like that. But everything from, you know, charging lights to, maintaining lights, um, with the led bars and the acrylic furniture and stuff. I have, it's all got to be cleaned after almost every job. Um, I've been doing pipe and drape recently. Um, the drapes got to be folded. It's got to be checked for stains and brought to the cleaners and dropped off. Um, these larger production events where you have to go out and rent some equipment or rent some extra equipment. Somebody has got to make those runs during the week before the event and after the event to go pick up the equipment, go drop it off kind of thing. Um, and then you've just got networking and being on top of your social media and stuff too, which kind of fills in every hour that I didn't just cover. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. just, so that's, um, you know, there's a way to, uh, for those of you who say you can't do this full time, um, there's definitely a way to do it full time. Um, and even with the DJ side of things, I could easily see it taking up a lot of your week too. Um, if you have, you know, three weddings a weekend. There's a lot of planning that goes into that. Um, and then the more you get involved with photo booths and uh, dance floors or bistro lighting's big here by us, like over the dance floors and sure. and rustic rentals and furniture and stuff like that, the more you get involved per event. Now, the more preparation you have to both, you know, paperwork and planning and stage plots, the floor plans, you know, all that stuff. So,
0: yeah. Quite a, quite a little, little, uh, business change you've had here in the last, uh, last year and, and, uh, really diversification. (laughs) Uh, there's a couple of questions there. Let's hit those and then we'll, we're getting towards the end here. Reggie asked, uh, uh, when you, when you are working subcontracting like that and if they cancel the job, you know, what happens to your paycheck for the night?
1: So, um, that's a good question. And there's, I guess, two sides to that. There's the side where I'm um, kind of an independent contractor as a percussionist. Um, and then there's the side where I'm wholesaling like a photo booth or a rental item kind of thing to another company. Sure. Um, with the, the rentals, uh, like if it's an led bar or a photo booth, I'm doing wholesale for another company. Um, if it's usually, if it's over a thousand dollars, um, or like nine I do, if it's over that, um, I take a deposit and then the deposits non-refundable. Um, And then, you know, the balance that deposits enough to, for me to cover, you know, whatever time I put into it, any staff, any rentals, um, if I have to rent something to fulfill that contract, that amount will be in the, uh, deposit this way I'm covered. Um, and that's the way I work that anything under a thousand, I don't really, um, take a deposit for, but I still have them sign a contract, uh, no matter what. And in the contracts, I usually put, you know, something with the payment terms that if it's, you know, within a week canceled, you know, I, I'm I still owed the money kind of thing to yeah. to cover my staff and stuff that I've already scheduled. Of course, again, back to the whole relationship thing, it's usually not worth fighting over a job under a thousand, you know, to if they're, you know, don't want to pay it or if something popped up and the event was canceled for some unforeseen reason kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. I'm reasonable. I'll work with them. Um, but at the same time, you know, you got to have a contract in place or deposit for certain jobs to kind of cover you with that stuff. Um, with the independent contractor stuff, when I play percussion, uh, I don't really do a contract. I don't do a performance agreement. Um, it's something I thought about doing in 2019. Um, but I haven't been doing that so far. I've just kind of been taking the dates and, um, and just kind of taking their word for it. And if it cancels, it cancels. But, um, you know, the thing I've always said is, the right thing for me to do as a company owner, if I have an event cancel last minute um, and I had staff assigned to that job, I'm still going to pay them, whether it's out of pocket or out of the deposit or whatever, Whatever I'm still going to pay them. Um, If it's something crazy and they were getting paid a lot kind of thing, and you know, they kind of liked having the day off anyway or whatever it was or whatever, you know, maybe we'll compromise. I'll pay them half. I'll pay them whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll work something out to compensate them for holding the date for me kind of thing. And it depends on what they're doing too. If They're just, you know, roadieing, um, different, you know, that's different yeah. than if they were DJing the event and they could have, you know, booked another DJing event or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the same time, I kind of expect other company owners to do the same. If they booked me for percussion or something like that, you know, and something gets canceled last minute and I save that date for them, I kind of expect them to, uh, to, you know, compensate me in some way for the time and saving the date. So
0: sure. Sure. That inventory time is an inventory item for us. Um, let's see, uh, uh, See if, uh, karaoke asked about uh, if your stuff was event decor.com stuff.
1: Uh, it is not event decor.com. I've heard of that. I want to say that's a Chinese company. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm not much but, um, sure myself. I'd want to say that's a, a, like a direct from China company. Um, or theirs might be event decor direct.com. I'm not sure. Or they might be the same website, but it's I'm not, not
0: sure. the one that you but, use, um,
1: but it's not the one. Uh, it kind of depends on what i'm buying um i'll give you guys a few of the names for like white leather couches and furniture items i use modern line furniture um they're a popular company that sells all that stuff for pipe and drape i use georgia expo yep. which is a, a typical you've seen them they've been at the dj expo yep, and stuff exactly like that um Absolutely. so they're a typical pipe and drape company for that um and then all the staging and stuff like that um i get made locally by acrylic shops and uh some of it I cut myself, too, even mm-hmm. like the uh, the acrylic for the stage size and stuff. I'll just buy a four-by-eight sheet, and take out a table saw, and cut it myself. So. <laughs> but that's that. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's,
0: uh, sounds good. Um, so let's talk about uh, the lights, the LED lights behind, because you were working with, uh, was it sy- Synchronous?
1: Synchrony, yep.
0: Synchrony. There we go. So, okay, I know it was an unusual, um, but yeah, you were working with Synchrony earlier in the year, and you were telling me that you were going to have at some point in time some really cool stuff to talk about. Are, are we? Are we to that point?
1: We are. We are there. Um, the video is one of the ones that I want to make in 2019. That'll be a full video on this. Um, I have some videos on Facebook already. If you probably search my name and then search like Synchrony or something, it should come up with uh, like posts I've made with that name in it. Um, but I use these actually in my LED stages to kind of see what they look like, and it creates a really cool effect rather than using like an uplight in each stage. Um, but these um, are really cool, they're fully released. So if you guys want to buy them, you can go to Synchrony LED, and this I'm using as like a Christmas tree um, lights. But mm-hmm. you can use them for you know anything, you could put them in your man cave, you could put them under a bar or to backlight counters in your kitchen or whatever you want to do with them. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. They make two versions. This is like the LED strip version, which is the IP rating. Um, So you could like outline your house with it if you wanted to. Um, And then they also make a pixel version, which are like individual pixels. So if you were making almost like a light bright type thing and you wanted to spell out words with it, or if you wanted to um, put them in a real tree or a Christmas tree kind of thing, you can get that pixel version. Um, There's a lot of cool stuff with you. A lot of cool stuff you can do with them. They have a little controller that can go sound active um, which i think is what it's doing now the controller is like inside so it might not be picking it up but um they can go sound active and then there's also an ipad app that's fully released now um initially when i got it they had sent me a small ipod with like the beta app on it it wasn't really on the app store yet um so i was messing around with that it was a little glitchy and stuff but the full version's out now and it works great and you could actually choose what colors you want. Um, you can choose the pattern it's doing the speed, the brightness, you can control everything from in the app, which is pretty cool. Now. Um, and you can turn them on and off and stuff. So.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. And you said that was uh, synchrony LEDs, S Y N C H R O. What? Oh, LEDs.com. I knew if I'd work on it because I, right, I popped it up, it took, it up took to
1: a... make sure it's LEDs. yep that's it synchro yep, leds.com and we've got a holiday sale right now
0: mm-hmm, yeah
1: 20 percent mm-hmm. off if you guys want to stock up
0: yep you can go check it so, out uh... they
1: have got a bunch of cool stuff but they've got some cool uh pictures and stuff of them used on on real christmas trees uh outside they've like outlined a pool with them which is pretty cool um so you can do some cool stuff with them
0: yeah okay yeah I'll and um Yep, yeah, put,
1: like I said, you it can it purchase it. them right from their website if you're looking to purchase them.
0: Excellent. Well, Brandon, thank you very much for your time tonight. It was good catching up and and uh, seeing what uh, what what you've got going on with uh, the different business things here. And looking forward to uh, to you getting back to YouTube and doing more videos out there.
1: Definitely. Same here.
0: Thank you guys for being with us tonight. Um, MJ's going to be going in about 20 minutes, uh, about uh, 9 o'clock Eastern. He'll be starting tonight's music and mixing show, so you guys can catch that at YouTube.com slash Distracking News. Have a good night, everybody.
1: Happy holidays, guys.